my leader. How are you? Hey. Exhausted. I'm good, madam. How are you? <laughs> How did it go? <laughs> Tell me about it. Oh, my God. It was exceptional. It was I'm amazing. We had guys from Iran. We had, we had uh, Ghana. We had Kenya. We had US. We had uh, Russia. Amazing. It was a multinational uh, thing. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. And that's how we do things these days, right? Oh, yeah. We don't live home. You know, we do this thing. Then we're going to take a walk outside and come back and continue. <laughs> so it's kind of exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. If we don't, um, if we don't, and if we don't, um, if we don't adapt, we shall die. I suppose that's where, um, so people are we'll, 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 Yeah, we'll be like dinosaurs. Yeah. I'm telling you. And I'm, I'm only, no dinosaur. I'm sorry. The only, the only dinosaur that survived was the crocodile. So we, we've got to be like crocodiles. <laughs> I don't want to be a crocodile either, Billy. Please, can I not be a crocodile? <laughs> I prefer that in handbags and meat. Oh, I, I know that, yes. Be a crocodile. <laughs> uh, okay, welcome. Thank you so, so much for making the time. We are live. Um, and yeah, I think we've, we've resolved all our technical issues. Um, Absolutely. And you know what? Uh, we're learning as we go along and it's valuable, yeah. valuable lessons that we're learning, you know, just the adaptation and, you know, just the um, agility to be able to just carry on and do things. Um, yeah. But let me, uh, let you know, we can, we can fool around all day. Um, people are streaming in at the moment. Maybe we should just give them another minute or so. If that's fine with you, oh, yeah, you no, are cool. the esteemed guest wait, wait. at the moment. So, <laughs> yeah. so you have just to look guest. into my face, unfortunately. <laughs> no, you're not just a guest. <laughs> you know that. You could never be a guest. Never, never, never. Not from the moment we met. But anyway, you could never, never be a guest. Yeah. Thank you very much, Martin. Thank you guys for coming through. I know... Uh, you know, there are many platforms out there. There are many people online. You could have gone to any other platform to listen to any other group of people. And you chose to be here. And we, and I personally, don't take that for granted. And I know for a fact that Martin doesn't. So I hope what we're going to share to you with you tonight uh, in, from our place of humility and, uh, you know, we give you will be content that will shift you and prepare you personally and for your business in the new COVID-19, post-COVID-19 world. Because at the moment we are in the COVID-19 world, and I, I have faith that we're going to see this thing through. However, the other side of this thing, life is never going to be the same again. The word normal is not applicable anymore. And if you think that normal is still going to work, you're in big trouble because normal is gone. There is no normal anymore. So the abnormal and the unusual has become the usual. So things have turned upside down. Martin is saying, I should tell you a bit about myself. It's a very difficult thing to do. You know, it's like, oh my God, what do I say? You know, I, you know, <laughs> it's a difficult thing. What do I say? I'm a guy from Tembisa, you know? And, and I always say that. I always say to people, listen, global this, I go to this world that I do, but I'm a township boy through and through. I'm from Tembisa. It runs in my blood. It runs in my vein. I don't live too far from Tembisa because I reconnect with my all the time. And, and, and some of you guys might have thought that, oh, Tembisa people are crazy. Man, Tembisa people, we have, we have produced amazing people. We have produced Jerez Kosara, Lex of Thunder, the first guy to bring the star to Orlando Pirates, winning the, Africa, the, the other African team. We've got uh, NBC, Banyaza, the most effective uh, educational NBC on planet Earth. 
We had uh, the old uh, premier of Limpopo, Mwakura Mahloe, come from Tembisa. We've got a lot of people that are actually on fire. We've got DJ Spoo from Tembisa. We've got uh, uh, the comedian, what's his name, from Tembisa. So Tembisa has produced quite a lot of amazing people, you know. And uh, yes, so being part of that township has always been a privilege for me and an honor to go out into the world and stand in a stage where there's 5,000 Italians in Italy, in Milan, in 2019, and I'd say, I'm from Tembisa. They say, oh, what is Tembisa? Then I show them on the screen and say, you see, this is the world, and this is the continent of Africa, and this is the southern part of Africa, and this is Johannesburg, and this is the Israel, and this is Tembisa. And I just show them that's where I come from. So I'm a township boy. Uh, I've been speaking, coaching, consulting, and uh, facilitating for the past 20 years. Actually, this is my 20th anniversary in this business. And I entered this business when... Uh, um, when people never thought a black person could make it in this business. So my business, there's no BEE. There's no like scorecard, like, oh, I'm a BEE guy, do me a favor. No. You stand and compete with people that have gone to Harvard, that have gone to MIT, that have gone to Oxford. You stand on the same stage, you say the same thing, and you, you are treated with respect meritocratically on merits, on what you deliver, not on who you know and who you connected with. So that has been my journey in my life. And I've been a student of, of life consistently. I actually, I was laughing at myself when we were doing my text with my accountant that for the past five years, I haven't earned a salary. I've been investing in myself. Quite fun, isn't it? So every cent that I end, I put it back on the business. And I travel and I go and learn. And I come back and I give out the content. So, you know, it's, it's great. And, and my accountant was laughing. and said, oh my God, what you want? now you must change things. I said, yeah, yeah. I'm going to change things. 20 years, I'm not going to start earning money. I've been giving, I've been, teaching and learning all my life. So guys, what I want to share with you today, I want to talk to you about business in general and business models and how the business models are going to change and how you must navigate that change and prepare your business. So working in the corporate space, and I'm going to talk from, from a one-man show, SME, you know, going to Fortune 500. So in the Fortune 500 space, there was a bit of a, an enigma or a big talk about flat-structured organizations. And I used to tell people, there is no, it's impossible that you could have a flat structured organization. And people said, no. I said, no. And I said to people, let me tell you where your business model comes from so that you can understand that you can never run a flat structured organization unless you're in the digital space and you are a, a, a startup and you can do that from the beginning. So most business, uh, most organizations around the world, they follow a model which was designed by the Romans 2 BC, which means thousands of years was that model it was quite simple. On top was the empire, the Roman Empire, okay? And the Roman Empire would have an emperor. The emperor would have his generals who were the first point of repartees. They would have the lieutenants who would go down, and at the bottom would have foot soldiers. So that was the model that was used from 2 BC. Now, companies, because most of them took their DNA from the Roman way of operation, you then have the Roman Empire gets replaced by shareholders, literally. So you have shareholders on top, and shareholders hire an emperor who becomes the CEO, okay? And the CEO, with the approval of the empire, then hires an exco, you know, uh, directors, HR director, IT director, whatever, and they hire their line managers to report to them. Line managers hire supervisors, so it goes, and at the bottom, you've got the general organizational populace. So this is a model that has been running for many, many, many years. And suddenly things started to change because people started to become independent because now 
every work environment has got different generations. So the way that we look at work, the way we perceive how business is done has completely turned. Now, in this 2BC model, when it was sort of transformed, not completely changed, sort of transformed to fit the new world, there were now six imperatives. And I'm going to share those imperatives with you. So the five were cutting across, and underneath there was a foundation, which in most cases was spoken about but never acted on. And I'm going to share with you what it means. So the first, in that, the first block of this was what we call business strategy. Because remember, the empire has a plan. Gives the plan to the emperor, the emperor has the exco. So the exco has to design a strategy that is going to make the plan, the plan of the empire come to life. Then after the strategy, you then must have the right kind of leader. So block number two would be the right kind of leaders that will make sure that this strategy gets implemented. And then this block of leaders will then hire individuals who are managers who then shift and be in the same block with employees. Then they would engage employees on getting them to become productive on behalf of the empire. And then employees will engage with customers who are the bloodline of the business. And when the customers were happy, then the business gave results and became successful and the, the, the empire became happy. Now, underlying that, there was a layer which in most cases was happened by default and not by design. And that we call organizational culture. Now, organizational culture or the word culture simply means the way that we do things. You know, and I say to people, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything because our habits transcends every facet of our lives. So in many instances, this culture, because they were following the Roman, the Roman model, it was a command and control. So the ex-co tells the managers, the managers tell the line managers, the line managers tell the supervisors, the supervisors tell the employees. They were never interested in anybody else's opinion. So that's how things ran. But people then started to feel discontent about this model and they started shifting, breaking out and starting their own businesses. So up until the, the, the 90s, actually the late 80s, uh, one of the greatest management gurus, Peter Drucker, then realized that a lot of organizations that were super performing better than other organizations were those that were not chasing profits anymore, but were building very powerful and congruent organizational cultures. And once the culture was a culture by design formulated to serve and engage the people meritocratically, what happened was the strategy was achieved effortlessly. Then he came up with a statement that said, culture will eat strategy for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What it meant, it meant no matter how sophisticated your strategy is, if your organizational culture is not solid or congruent or aligned and is not aligned with your strategy, your strategy will never see the light of day. Because when things became difficult, people went back to their, new, to their default setting. And research will then say that in the corporate environment, about 51 to 54% of strategies never see the light of day in the corporate environment. In the government NGO space, about 80-something to almost 90% of strategies don't see the light of day. I'm going to give you a very sad example. And let's go back to South Africa. And look, at, and look at our state-owned enterprises, 763 of them. All of them failed. There's not even one of them that hasn't failed. What made them to fail? It's not that they didn't have the right strategies. It's not that they didn't have the right educated people. It's not that they didn't have the right kind of uh, employees. It's because they had toxic culture. 
the culture was the culture of looting, of corruption. Because remember, culture is the way we do things here. So how were they doing things? We were looting. People were looting. Everybody was running a scam. Even the tea lady was running a scam. Everybody was, because that was the pervasive culture that existed in, this, in the state-owned enterprises. And what happened? All of them failed. Dismally, all of them. There's not even one that has become successful. Because no matter how much good their strategies were, how many turnaround strategies has SAA has had? Oh my God, you can write a book about those turnaround strategies, but none of them saw the light of day. Why? I can certainly because the culture was corrupt. I mean, the strategy, turnaround strategy number 5.0, 5.3, It's crazy. And all of them failed because the culture was toxic. Our departments, what is happening? Same thing. We live in a society that is completely unmeritocratic. People don't get given opportunities because they can deliver. They get given opportunities because of their proximity to power. Who do I know? Who do I play golf with? Who have I drank with yesterday? Who was, who was I bragging me with as, as, as the Chisanyama? So the command and control has come back tenfold. So that's how the world was. Now, when we started, when I, you know, starting as a speaker, motivating people and companies to say, please come in and motivate our people. Then I started asking companies question. What's wrong with your people? Why do you want me to come and motivate your people? Well, you don't pay them enough? What is the story? And people would duck and dive. Ah, oh, you know, we just feel the... And then we did a research. I, I then did it and, and just wanting to find out why are people demotivated? And culture became the answer. That a lot of organizations have got toxic cultures. Actually, people get sick when they go to work. That's how bad it is. People get emotionally sick when they yeah. go to work because it's so bad. People spend time backstabbing, talking bad about each other. You know, the boss don't listen to people. So it's a big mess. So I then said to myself, me inspiring was like trying to water the garden while the house is burning. You know, here you are trying to fix your garden, but your house is burning. Then I did a, a deep dive and I started doing a lot of research around culture. And when I do a research around subjects, guys, I'm one of those uh, people that says, you want to become good at something, go to the best of the best. Don't go to guys that are at the bottom, you know, that are trying. So I researched and found out who were the top culture people on planet Earth. Who were the top three guys? There was a, a Dutch guy called Trumpetar who wrote a lot of books around culture and later on intercultural intelligence. There's a guy in the USA called uh, Professor Robert Schlein who, was, who used to be at Harvard. And then the third guy called um, Dr. Robert Cook, who's the head of organizational behavior at Illinois University. So I said, if these three are the top, I'm going to pursue all three of them. And the one that will give me an opportunity to show up in their place, I'm going to show up. So of all the three, I was able to get hold of Dr. Robert Cook. And I said, Dr. Robert Cook, I'm a city guy, I'm South African. I'm interested in culture, I've done research. Can I come and learn from you? He said to me, well, I'm not only the professor, I also run an organization called Human Synergistics, and we coach global organizations around the business model around culture that we wrote 25 years ago. If you want to come and learn this model, you want to put some dollars down, come and spend the time in Chicago and learn. That's what I do. Paid him the money, got onto a plane, flew to Chicago, and I went and I learned this model from him. And then I got accredited as a practitioner of this particular model. Now, based on that model and based on my own research, I then started, you know, creating my own. Now I'm working on a, a, a very powerful cultural program, which is going to become global, which is based on Afrocentric wisdom. It's called Imbumba. You know, it's called, it, I'm, I say Afrocentric wisdom for modern business application, because I'm saying that everything started in Africa and they came and colonized Africa, destroyed it and went and tried to do things and things fell apart. Yeah. 
And I said, it's time they learn from us. Now, post-COVID-19, yeah. the whole world must just shut up. America must yeah. shut up. Europe must shut up. They must now learn from us. And let me tell you contextually and empirically why they should do that. Because Africa had three universities long before anybody else had a university. Now, do you guys know that it took Europe 233, 230 years before they had their first university, after we had three universities? Exactly. The Greeks came to learn from Africa. You know, so now it's time that we take this Afrocentric wisdom, which is natural to us. The new agenda is the agenda of it takes a village to raise a child. All their ideas have failed. Global recession, the threat of nuclear. So everything that the West has built was to destroy, not to build. And everything that Africa was, was to nurture and to build. So now the new agenda, I'm going to be leading the new agenda. The book that I'm writing is going to be the new handbook for CEOs around the world. Because I'm going to tell them this very powerful fact that chasing profit has destroyed the world. But if you build an organization that is based on humanity, that is based on not economy, but on, that's based on ecosystem, the under, understanding of coexistence of, of processes and people, profit becomes a natural consequence. So that's where it's going. So in, 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 in now recalibrating how culture works, I then said to a lot of organizations, guys, there are two different nuances that we need to add into our business model. And then I started talking about them, and some people would hear, some people wouldn't hear. I started working around the world, helping very, very big organizations. Now, when COVID-19 hit the world from last year, November, me and my colleagues from around the world started talking, saying, guys, we think the world is going to be in, in, in trouble. So where do we think things are going? We came up with different yeah. models. We looked at Clem Santa's uh, scenario planning uh, processes. So I came up with four different nuances that organizations must now make a strategic imperative in their business model. The first one is what I call generational mixed disruption. What does that mean? It means for the first time in the history of planet Earth or humanity, we now have all the five generations in the same workplace. Now, if you don't have a strategy of creating harmony between this generation, conflict increases, productivity drops, strife grows, and the business does not become effective, and it affects the way that you do things, which is your culture. So I say now HR has to say, these five generations have got different values, different beliefs, different ways in which they understand how work works. The old generation believe that you must show up at the office, clock in, sit on a desk, and then they think you're working. The X or the Y generation understand this profound truth, that work is not a place you go to, work is a thing you do. So I don't need to show up for me to become effective and productive. I can work from home. So it has been proven now, and it's going to be my other two nuances. So the first one is generational mix disruption. So we've got to say we need to create proper designed communication protocols that will create harmony within these five generations. Now, by the way, it does not matter the size of your organization. You can be a guy that has got four people that are working with you. Some of your clients are the five generations. So the way that yeah. you deal with them cannot be the same. The way you communicate with them cannot be the same. And here we are, we are on Instagram. Some people are going to be on Zoom. Some people are going to be on, on uh, Skype. All of this is based around the, the psychology of the time and era one was born in and oriented at. So that's the first nuance. The second nuance is around leadership. Now, after the president uh, announced his first uh, lockdown, I wrote a very big post and I congratulated him. 
And I said, for the first time in a very long time, I felt that this country is truly being led by an amazing man. And also the team behind him, the team that used science, proper models, not popularism, not hot air, but clear science to say, how do we respond as a country? And, and kudos to him. It has, been, it has been absolutely fantastic. And when he came again and said, guys, give us two extra weeks, I said again, Mr. President, you are spot on. And I personally believe based on, on where the world is going, I think we need two months actually, because June and July, exactly. May, June, July, it's gonna be cold. And, and this virus apparently in a cold environment, it just goes crazy. So we might need three extra month lockdown, but we might have to find ways of unlocking some sectors of our economy so that we can begin to replace, yeah. you know, the, the ticking of the economy. So the second nuance is around leadership culture. Now, what do I mean by leadership culture? I say to people that people don't listen anymore to what leaders say. People watch what leaders do. I'm going to say it again very slowly. People don't listen anymore to what leaders say. People observe and watch the behavior of the leaders, and then they emulate that behavior. Yeah. I'm very sorry that we always have to go back to this very bad era, which is called the wasted nine years. We had toxic leadership, bad. I mean, the worst of the West. And everybody behaved and emulated the worst of the West. And the country Absolutely. almost went, went to hell because they were not listening. I mean, I, I, it used to blow my mind. I hear somebody talking, we need to deal with corruption. I'm thinking you telling people, with, I'm thinking, oh my God, it was crazy. So, so leadership, yeah. it's very critical, not in the words they say, but in the things they do. Actions, absolutely. So, and Put I, your money where your mouth is, right? Walk the talk. And I'm praying and I'm hoping that the manner in which we were scientifically, strategically able to deal with this, if we take the same energy and the same thinking post-COVID-19 to rebuild this country, I promise you we are going to become an amazing country. I just hope that happens. So the second nuance is around your leadership culture. Now the two are the ones that a lot of people when I tell them, they don't understand, and then now they are caught in the trap. Then I said that the third nuance is what I call internal disruption and this internal disruption matrix and models. What does that mean? It means your organization must look at the trends in the markets that you operate in and ask yourself this one question. Where is the next disruption curve coming from? And how can we as an organization anticipate it? Because if you don't, you're gonna be out of business. And I made examples of companies like Kodak. Instagram, we are now on Instagram. Instagram put the last, the last coffin in the name of Kodak. But here's what most people don't understand. That Kodak in 1980 or 1981 designed the first digital camera. And the guy who designed this digital camera took it to the board and said to the board, I believe that this is going to be the future. You know what the board said? The board said no, because Kodak's business was uh, chemical and paper. Because they would make films, you'd take the pictures, you'd go and uh, uh, develop it. The paper was codec uh, manufactured and the, to produce the picture. said to this guy, get out of here, man. We're in the chemical and paper business. What is this nonsense, digital camera? And then guess what? Yeah. The, sol the solids of this world took the digital camera and the digital camera evolved up to Instagram. Because they didn't That's, see this thing. Coming. And it's like I was I was I was chatting to somebody earlier on and there's a meme floating around at the moment regarding yeah. you know who 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 um forced you into into the into um your your uh, digital transformation strategy. A, you know, you got a tick box, A the CEO, B the CFO, yeah. 
0303 or COVID-19. And that's exactly where we've been forced to. to call me and I'm busy. It's, it's a mess. I'll just, you know, I'll call them after. So, so, so that, that's, that, so that it's, you know, we're using a phone, we could have used a computer, but it's fine. So, so yeah, so if you look at the, 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 the internal disruption and metrics and models, is it, it means that I, it doesn't matter if you run a, a Chisanyama, for argument's sake, busy corner, whatever, just think about it. That now we're in COVID-19, you can't go to work and whatever, but just think about it. If you sat down, and you looked at disruption and you said to yourself, let's create an app that will allow our people to still enjoy our meal without them showing up here, which means they can go to the app, order the meal, and a little bike will go and deliver the meal right to their doorstep. Just think about Excellent. it if, if you've done that. So disruption, it means it doesn't matter the size of the business. If you're out there in the commercial space, somebody's thinking of a technology that's going to replace what you do. And if you don't think about it, somebody else is going to think about it and they're going to wipe you out of business. Now, the, 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 the fourth nuance is what I call digital transformation and remote working. Now, when we spoke about digital transformation, a lot of people thought it's a far-off thing. It's not going to happen now. We are okay. You know, our people are carrying laptops. You know, we've got a server at the office. We've got Wi-Fi. This is not a big deal. Now, suddenly, enter COVID-19. What do we need to do? Quickly digitally transform our organization. Now we're working remote. Now, what are the challenges in working remote? Cyber, cyber you know, cybercrime and all these things that people never sat down to prepare for them. And suddenly, I mean, it will not be made public. I can tell you now, but there's a lot of cybercrime happening like you don't understand. Oh, absolutely. Like cybercrime has gone on steroids because they know that people are carrying laptops to home and they're entering, they are trying to enter their servers from home, which never happened before and they never prepared their technological uh, software and uh, security protocols for this era. So for me, what I'm trying to say to you guys is we are in a place and time where you need to rethink how you do business. And if you're not going to look at these four things that I've shared with you, you know, generational mix, leadership culture, uh, disruption matrix and models, digital transformation and remote working, if you're not going to factor these four real present, clear and present danger in your business model, you're out of business, you just don't know it. Because no matter how many bailouts they give you, you're not going to become sustainable because you're not going to be able to jumpstart your organization. So these are the four things that I, I hope you and your colleagues and your friends and your people in the same industry will start talking about the same thing. I mean, Martin, we have known about this stuff quite some time. Yeah. I built a studio in my office, we've started building digital products. We, we already Absolutely. started in this journey. So it doesn't the surprise us because we're ready. We've you been know. sharing our digital um, solutions to people and they're like, no, you know what? It's not, yeah. Like, what is that? And I'm like, okay, am I, look, I'm, 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 not a, I'm not a digitally, you know, savvy person to the point where I understand everything. I'm not an MIT graduate, but I did understand that there was that graduation. And I'm really, really blessed that, you know, we were able to take it on. Um, yeah. But I, my, my question is, is are, are the people that we're dealing with, so as much as we're evolving as small business or SMME or emerging, are our clients that we're dealing with ready for that? And, and that's where the, I mean... The, the, you know what, Martin? They have got no choice. 
This is a do or die situation. You either get on the program, the program completely destroys you. So it's no longer a luxury. It's no longer a conversation. It's a fact. You either do it or you don't. And if you don't, you're out of business. Now, somebody has put in a very powerful question here. It says, uh, this will take a while to change culture. Old white males still rule the boardroom. You know what, guys? Here's, here's my take about us black people. Don't, don't tell me about white companies. Tell me about you want to buy equity in their company. You want to be a stake. You know what? I'm not interested in that. We I'm interested, be interested in black people who want yes. to build self-sustainable organizations yes. because they can compete at an equal footing with any other, yes. other, other business. So uh, this BE, what, I, I'm not involved in any BE, by the way. I don't, you know, I'm not, not interested. I'm, so <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell me. Start, let's start our own things. We have the numbers. Black yes. people have the numbers. And if we can just awaken ourselves and stop being so religiously illiterate and believe in prophets and all this crap, if we can understand that we can build big businesses, we can, yeah. guys. So Phoenix Rising, with, we can. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was having a conversation with someone earlier on, and I said, to, I said to him, I said, you know what our biggest problem is? We don't understand the power of collaboration of yeah. bringing in the resources that we need to form, because we can easily form big companies, Billy, you know that, you and I, I mean, if I need okay. your service, I'm not afraid to call you up because we're on the same wavelength, right? Yeah. You, yeah. You, have, you have a skill that I don't have, I have a skill that you don't have. We, we, we're very scared, you know, it's all that me, myself <clears throat> and I um, yeah. mentality, whereas mm. if we just broaden our horizons and like you say, stop you know, stop feeding our illiteracy and start yeah. feeding ourselves from, and not sit on, and I, I preach this every single day of our lives. I mean, not bake banana bread and, and, and send your recipe on, um, on, on Instagram, because you know what? What's banana bread going to do for everyone? Pretty soon we might not even be able to get bananas, you know? Yeah. And the reality of it is we need to pull in and say, okay, I've got this skill. You've got that skill. We might not have the financial backing, but we've got the resources, which is yeah. more important than any amount of investment into a business. And and you know, Martin, we black people like to make things fashionable. Now, the fashionable yeah. thing is startup, you know. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm running a startup. The other fashionable thing is I'm a serial entrepreneur. And I mean, I've sat with people in masterclass. Guy says I'm a serial entrepreneur. And I'll always ask you a very direct question. Has any of your business in the past year made a million? If they haven't, then you don't have businesses. You are just exactly. self-employed. You are actually, exactly. you are self-employed and you are, you are the worst employer to yourself because you work 18 hours, but you've got no residual income. You, you, you only make money when you are awake. So I think Correct. as black people, let's, let's forget this rhetoric, you know, or startup, or let's forget the rhetoric and let's talk facts. And what are the facts? The Amazing. facts is we, we have the numbers, guys. We have the right. numbers. It's as simple as that. If we stop... This sponsorship mentality that we're going to have 17 people running small communication companies, all going to NetBank to pitch their business. Small. NetBank is not going to give you a 5 million deal. Forget it. You're too small. You're at risk. But take these 10, 15 people and put them together and say, let's run this massive communication business that specializes in these five, seven, eight things. And stop fighting about who's going to become the CEO. Who cares? I don't have a title in my business. As long as I make the money, I don't care what the title is. You know, Are you feeding yourself? That's the most important thing. Who cares about a title if you've got nothing? This COVID-19 has proven one thing, that titles don't matter. So nobody cares if you're CEO, CFO, you're at your house. 
Nobody cares if you're driving a V8, a V12, a V whatever. It's parked in the garage. So guys, as black people, as Africans, let's wake up and stop this thing of wanting them to do. Let me tell you guys, do you think that these guys are going to wake up in the morning and say, yeah, you know, we need to make these black people rich. It's not going to happen. It's, it has been proven upon year. What gives you this illusion in your mind that suddenly they want to change their hearts? It's not going to change. So here's what I'm saying. We have numbers. If you black people can go to a church and give some stupid guy millions of money to buy a Bentley and you sing and you get excited. Oh man, you know what? Excuse my French. Just get your shit together as black people. Honestly. Just, just get your shit together. I mean, honestly. You, you run to these churches to give people your heart and money which you don't even have to buy anything for yourself and you think that going to a church and fasting is going to change your, your, your life. No. Running a proper business that grows, that is built to survive to the next generation, it's what's going to make us wealthy. But these games that we're playing, they're going to make us slaves for a very long time. I mean, if you go to the USA, if you go to the UK, if you go to France, blacks suffer exactly Absolutely. the same thing. We don't have faith Absolutely. in each other. We are religiously illiterate. We, we do not even read the same Bible that we purport to be following. Because the Bible is totally against all these things that people are doing. This take off money. It's not biblical. It's just, I even put a scripture and told them, it's just people that are hungry that want to feed their bellies. Now, just think about it. I was in Nigeria last year for, 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 a, for a long period of time. I was working there. And I, I was saying to myself, there's more churches in Nigeria than there are McDonald's, <laughs> or Kentucky Fried Chicken franchises. The same thing is happening in South Africa. If you go to Pretoria, shops are closing and every second door is a church. Apostolic Seven Water, Working on Water International, this one, whatever. And everybody is called, by the way. I'm saying, why are you not called to become an engineer? You know why you're not called to become an engineer? Because you have to write and exam and study books. So therefore, you're not yes. called, you are not called to become a microbiologist. You're not called to become a pilot. You're not called to become a, a, a neuroscientist. You're called to go and preach. Guys, you know what? I'm tired. I'm, I'm really, I'm emotionally drained by this thing about us black people. Let's get our act together. And I'm telling you, this time that we're in now, it's the biggest opportunity that we have to drive a new agenda. And I'm telling you now, I'm writing this model and I'm gonna make noise about it. And I'm gonna prove to a lot of Western American businesses that their models are completely unsustainable. I'm gonna prove to them, and it's a fact guys, this is things that you can find in your history books, that Africa is the cradle of humankind. We Gave evolution to yes. humanity. You know, so why are we now a shadow of what we used to be? This is the time, guys. And if this generation doesn't wake up, this thing is gone. We can never wake up. And so I'm saying, I'm saying, stop, st stop this thing of being hungry for religion and entertainment. You know, black people feel F&B for entertainment. But when you say there's a business seminar in Tembisa, I run those in Tembisa. If, you have, if you've got 50 people, you can slaughter a cow and, and be excited. That's a big number, 50 people. Absolutely. And yet they will cry, oh, we don't have jobs, our business don't succeed. When you say, come and learn from us, they will never show up. So guys, let's wake up. And it's this exactly is our the same thing. I was, I was getting the statistics from, um, you know, we're obviously doing a lot of research as small, as small business, um, mm. you know, uh, mentors and coaches. I mean, Billy, you know, we... 
we we we're really doing deep diving at the moment to go and find out what's happening it still pains me bully that the subscriptions to netflix and all of that type of shits has increased in the last 3 weeks that we're in lockdown it pains me when when i when i sit and i speak to clients um and no i'm like what have you oh you know what i caught up on a series and i'm like come on guys like this cannot be on right Something's it cannot be it it's it's, it's a mm-hmm. but it starts with africa has to wake up absolutely it starts with us and it starts with us being proud of africa and absolutely. i always i mean you know i mean i i i joke and i say i have the tattoos to prove it but i really do um you know <laughs> but, <laughs> you know um but it's 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 exactly what you're saying it's that mind switch of saying you know what we have everything we need it got a very 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 advanced and um you know mining agriculture um technology medical the medical fraternity on yeah. this continent is insane i mean our doctors are leaving our continent and going to do i mean yeah. in nigeria for example you know you've spent time there there was um there was these doctors that are doing incredible things out there and nobody yeah. knows this because we're so conditioned to be bashing each other which is something that has been you know it, it i i always say that it's it's so long gone it's um it's actually boring to be honest it is it is it i is mean so boring it is so like last year Martin, you know you know you know this I, i was on a on a webinar on an international webinar before i i came here and it it's it was fascinating because we could our data could tell us people from which countries people from which country whatever and we had a sizable number of people and i can tell you now yeah. a majority of those people are not south africans absolutely i run my personal uh, mastery master class every day between 10 and 11 on facebook free of charge i give i give my course material whatever and i'm telling you not so many south africans are there and and it's crazy and i'm thinking guys what 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 what's happening what do you think is going to happen you think that you want to be given this bail out man and life is going to carry on like normal no it's not you know i i i we used to have an office in singapore and we used to do a lot of work in singapore now first time i was in singapore i couldn't believe this guy so this guy says to me hey we've been watching you we know your work we know you come and do work for this company would you mind to do a public seminar and i does i've never done public seminars at that in that time i said yeah but man it's kind of risky how is it going to work this guy says I'm going to organize it. I'm going to send out emails blah blah blah. We're going to get a a a, a university the University of Singapore they're going to give us an auditorium or a small small little room blah blah blah. So what kind of deal? Percent. I said, "Okay." Because in my head I thought 40 50 people are going to show up. Hey, <laughs> Martin, I had the shock of my life. Now this thing was not organized in a month. It was organized within days. So this guy meets me yeah. on a Sunday because I'm in Singapore for a week and a half. He says to me, "Can we do this on Thursday?" I'm meeting on Sunday. I say, "Yes, on Thursday I've got time because I'm not doing work. We can do it." He agrees. We can do it from 5 to 7. So he says the seminar will be 5 to 7. I say, "Cool." I say, "What do you talk about?" He says, "You come and do your 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 personal master." I said, "Good." I forget about this thing completely. I put it in my diary, all good. The Thursday, now this thing starts at 5. This seminar starts at 5. So it's at the singapore university so i like to be aid i said to myself okay 
if it starts at five, if I get there around half past three, I'll check if the AV is okay and everything is fine. Yeah. And I'm comfortable and whatever. I get there around... Get into this university. I mean, there are queues. I mean, there's throngs and throngs of people. So I'm thinking, well, you know, it's a university, it's a busy thing, whatever. I go and to the security guy, I say, I came to this, uh, Sam has come to this room, this auditorium, where is it? This guy says, well, I will need to escort you, sign security in, whatever. Right. And then he drove me to this auditorium. It, we got into the, the back side of the auditorium. And when I got into this auditorium, it's a big auditorium, like a 2,500-seater. So I find these guys and said, my man, is this room not big, you know? He says, no, what do you mean this room is not big? Have you seen people? I say, what do you mean have I seen people? I've seen people, this university, there are people all over. He says, no, we have oversubscribed. We are oversubscribed. Yeah. This wow. room has got 2,500 people. We've got more people. And this took four days to organize. But because you know why Singaporeans place a very high value on personal development. Absolutely. It's all a mindset. Absolutely. That's why Singapore has got no natural resources and yet it's one of the most powerful countries in the world because people there spend a lot of their time in their own personal money, in their own personal development. I love that. I love that. So, and, and, and there's no money lost when you invest in yourself, right? Absolutely I say to people, if you, nobody if you, can take that away from you. Nobody can take it away from you. If you invest one dollar in yourself, it multiplies ten times. Yeah. But if you, if you invest uh, one dollar in buying a John Walker Blue label, it decreases value in your life. Good it's luck to that. you, bro. <laughs> you can't even be accessing Johnny Walker Blue Label at this point. So we've, we've, literally, we've literally cut you um, at the knees. Oh, yeah. um, guys, uh, Billy, there was one other question um, around corporate um, toxic culture. What is the yeah. one thing you can do to change toxic culture within your corporate environment. I know it is, you know, there's not really one thing. One, and yeah. I know you and I have had debates around this. So you know what, all, hours, all, 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 the guys that, all the guys that are here, if they go to my Facebook, which is Billy Silicani, they can watch today's video and yesterday's yeah. video. I address, I talk extensively about building Great. a new culture. So a lot of data is there. So you guys can go Wonderful. ahead and find it there and watch both okay, the videos. Okay, so we'll, we'll yeah. send the links, the links to everyone as well, yeah. Billy. Cool. Um, and guys, come on and join us at 10 a.m. in the morning on yeah. Billy's Facebook page. And I promise you, I mean, you know, everybody always looks at, at us as, as, as matured or, um, or savvy business people. But the, you never, ever stop learning. It's continuous learning. Yeah. And we learn from each other. I mean, I Absolutely. learn from my kids every single day, Billy. Absolutely. I learn from, you know, my kids, my, you know, everyone I come in, counter, in, in, in contact with, I learn from the guy at the traffic light. Absolutely. Um, so we can all learn something from someone. So please, you know, the one thing that I, I said that COVID-19 has done for everyone or humans, for example, is to show us that we're actually quite arrogant in thinking that we, oh, yeah. we're going to last forever because we were placed on lockdown for two weeks around the world and nature has taken its course, guys. So it's a testimony to say that we will be totally eradicated and life will go on after us. So, you know, what we need to, we need to get to the point of appreciation. We need to get to the point of respecting one another. And we need to get to the point where we actually pull together and say, we're going to do this. 
you know, let's hook in and let's, and we don't know everything at the end of the day. It is, it is quite hectic. It's, it's, you know, it's daunting for a lot of us out there. Even me, I mean, I think we were quite progressive as an organization. I thank God um, for my partners in my business um, that, that are a lot more progressive in thinking, but it, it, it's again, you know, I mean, on, on, on your on your on your point one, we have a wonderful generational mix in disruption in our organization, and the culture in our organization is that nobody's opinion is better than the others. You know, it, we we're there to learn from one another, and if your if your method works better, then well, you know, kudos, great stuff. You know, and we we play to each other's strengths. And the one thing that I found a lot of during this period and, and before is that there's a lot of jealousy and, you know, backbiting and all of those types of things where those are the things that disable us. It, does, it doesn't set us off in a state of progression. It disables us. And I mean, you know, just, just from a psychology background, I mean, those are the things that, are, that we can reverse. Um, that that we can unteach ourselves. There's things that you know that we you know sometimes we can't unteach, but a lot of the things we can unteach ourselves. So there's no reason for us to be, um, you know, just these arrogant humans to say this is who I am and just accept it. No, the world is rapidly changing. COVID nineteen has has really, you know, shook, shook us all up to say it's now or never, guys. Like you you do or die. And and if you're gonna if you're still gonna act like World War Two veterans twenty years from now, that's your problem. You're gonna be stuck right there, and you're not going Absolutely. to move anyway, unless you change, um, you know, your your mindset and 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 adapt these four things that you've said to us. So, guys, like I've said, we've really really been blessed to have my dear friend Belia. Belia, you have. I, I don't have words for you. I was hoping that I could take you out to dinner on your birthday, but that's not <laughs> going to happen. So we both spent our birthdays in lockdown. So that Absolutely. means that we're going to have to, you know, at some point when lockdown's over, we're going to have to make a plan and I'll, I'll extend my absolute gratitude from myself and everyone here this evening. Absolutely. Um, but thank you so much for, on a daily basis, very unselfishly giving of yourself so freely, um, you know, and, 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 and really just motivating each and every one of us out there. Um, and, and, you know, I know that, um, you know, this is the way to go. And I really hope that everyone else here this evening, I do think that just with the comments that, um, that we're seeing that we have made an impact this evening. And that's important to me. So once again, I know guys, I, you know what? I don't even want to tell you what you guys have been privy to this evening. You guys should go and check Billy's hourly rate. Guys, <laughs> that's inspirational. Like, no, seriously, it's five digits. Like, oh my God. And you'll get to the six digit number, I know, very soon. Absolutely. He speaks from wealth and a wealth of knowledge and, you know, always um, enthusiastic and always just you know, just amazing. I um I love spending time with you and I love just picking your brain on stuff and you've always got a very pragmatic and very clear way of how we need Absolutely. to do things. So thank you so much for being my um unofficial mentor. 
But you know what? I'm I'm forceful like that. I'm I'm like that girl that just grabs you and you're going to be my woman. You don't really have a choice about it. So thank you so much and thanks for the collaboration on what we've done in the past and where we're going in the future and just you being um you know the guiding light for us. Um Thank you very much. The youngest South Africans and as I mean I'm 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 not the youngest South Africans but I, I speak on behalf of the youngest South Africans. But thank you thank you thank you Billy and thank you for It's giving up your time this evening um to spend with us I know that you're extremely busy and thank thanks to all our viewers thank you so much for your encouragement and the energy so the only way that you can repay right now is to put in practice absolutely um, and yeah. i'm going to leave um my guest to give you a parting word and then it's over and out for us you know where to find us and please go and follow follow Belisa Lakani and go and do his masterclass every single day please guys it is free knowledge it is there it is incredible i mean like i said to you i learned i've been in the financial services industry for 20 years but i learned valuable investment information two days ago that i'm definitely going to be applying in my life and thank you so much thank you martin and thank you for making time uh, guys i really appreciate you taking time of your of your schedule to come in and be in this platform like i said there are many other platforms out there and support as many of us as possible uh, we south africans global guys that are teaching all i want to share with you is this one very simple thing we can never change the destiny of our lives until we change the way we think about who we are it has to come from intrinsically because i can tell you now i've been doing this for a long time i've been standing in big stages around the world and i could only be able to do that because i'm happy with who i am and i'm confident in the gift and the talent that i have all of you have got the same talent operating in different places the world will never value you until you increase your own personal value by investing in yourself so effectively from now understand this one profound truth don't invest in things first when you invest in yourself things will show up that's all i can tell you i wish you all the best and may this time be a great time of reflection so that post covid-19 we will become a better people and africa can really go back and reclaim her rightful place in the seat on the table of top nations in the world Thank you very much.